Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning, Movement Church. It's good to see you guys today. How are you? I said, how are you? Now, Pastor Karen Megan told me that you guys are a rowdy bunch. Is that true? Because, listen, I'll tell you something right now. It is an honor to be with you guys. And when I preach today, if the message is bad, it's not my fault. Because I preach way better when you guys help me out. So when I say things that are good, you're going to say amen. Let me hear you say amen. Someone say, that's good. See, stuff like that makes me preach better, okay? Is that good? Listen, um, I want to let you guys know that Tatum and I, my wife and I, this is my beautiful wife, by the way, right over here. Tatum, why don't you stand up and say hello? Actually, this is my wife, and these are all my, these are my kids, like Elias. Come on, Elias, stand up, Elias. And this is Raya, and this is Kate. It's my beautiful family that's out here today. And we come bearing uh, just our, our hearts for Pastor Carrie and Megan all the way from Redlands, California. Does anyone know where that is? Anyone ever driven through Redlands? Has anyone ever got off the freeway in Redlands, California? Let me see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Um, we, love, we love where we live, but we're from here. Um, all of my kids were born here, um, and we spent the majority of their life here in, in Orange County. And um, while we were here, we got to meet Pastor Carrie and Megan, and they have become some of our best friends in the world and have been an integral part of the story God's been telling in our life. Um, the very first time I met Kerry, I took him out, I took, met, when I met Pastor Kerry, he and I went out to breakfast together, and I was pastoring a church here in Elisa Viejo, and uh, while we were talking, he started writing on an iPad, like, which was really awkward, because we're talking, and he has his iPad out, right, and he's doing this on his iPad, and I keep talking, and in the middle of the conversation, he flips over his iPad, and he shows it to me, and it says, how long on it? I go, what do you mean how long? He goes, how much longer are you going to be here in Orange County? And I thought, you jerk. That's what I thought to myself. He had just moved here and was planting a church, and I thought, you just want my facility. That's all you want. You just want, you're trying to chase me out of town so you can get my venue. That's what's up right now. But God, in that moment, um, what Carrie didn't know is my wife and I were actually wrestling with a bunch of stuff internally, believing that God had called us to go plant a brand new church, and I was pastoring a church here, and go, you know, kind of had it all, we had our venue, we had lots of money and savings, we had a beautiful home with an ocean breeze, everybody, <laughs> I miss it, I'm crying right now, hang on, give me a second, okay, it's gone, um, and God was moving in our hearts to step out and plant a church, and, and, and Pastor Kerry just became, a, and, and Megan became an integral part of helping us to, to get past all the comforts and, and past just the complacency that was beginning to settle in our hearts and, and take a big step of faith. And so my wife and I uh, stepped out of Orange County, planted a church in, in Redlands, California three and a half years ago. And what we have seen happen there is, is absolutely miraculous. And I want to tell you guys that that what you guys are doing here is is a part of what we're doing out there it's because what we've been able to build out there is on the shoulders of what you guys have built here it's on the shoulders of the of the leadership god has given you and the shoulders of 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 you guys continuing to breathe life into us as a as a as a church and I, I just want to say I'm honored to be a part of this family and honored to be like a sister church of, of, of the movement church out in, out, in, out in Redlands, California. And um, we love you guys. I always love having Pastor Kerry come out and preach for us. Man, he drops it. He brings the house down. And, and we love, we love, we love them. And in the past um, three and a half years, we've seen that church grow to well over a thousand people. We now have two different campuses. We've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people give their life to Christ. Almost 800 people have been baptized within the last three and a half years at Citizens Church, and, and um, it's been an incredible, incredible journey, and you guys have been all been a big part of that, and listen, I want to tell you something. We've, we've moved uh, in three and a half years, Tate, what, we've moved four times? We've moved 
five times? Is it right? I said five. I can't. I lost track. But here's what I want to tell you is every time we've moved, we've looked back at it and went, oh, God, I see what you were doing. You were opening up more doors and more opportunities for us to see even more lives change through life in Christ. So we were always able to reach people that, that God already saw that he had in mind that he was calling us to go to go reach and go to. And, and every time we've moved, we just have seen, it's always been a momentum builder and a, and a, and a shift in our church and, and something that God used to build us. And I'm, all that I say, I'm so excited for you guys. Listen, can we just like for one moment just recognize the fact that, that God is up to something super powerful and, and, and here we are like on the, like, they're, like our, our toes on the edge of the Jordan getting ready to press in and watch God do something miraculous. Come on, everybody, you with me? Like this is your last week in Serrano and how exciting. I heard you guys have a performing arts venue. Is that true? My goodness, you guys are spoiled. Um, listen, don't invite me back for a while because every time I come, it's like the last couple weeks of you being in a venue. <laughs> so unless you want to move again, don't invite me, okay? Because every time I come, you're leaving to another, something bigger and better. I love it. Um, so, well, you guys, it's an honor to be with you. And before I end up, uh, take all my time uh, just hanging with you, can we, can we pray and get in God's word together this morning? I, I got a word that I believe God's going to use to challenge you and shape you and cause you to leave here today seeing God in, in a way that's going to revolutionize everything in your life today. And so can we pray, God, as we get into your word today, I pray your word would get into us and I ask that you would anoint me to preach your word in a way, God, that, um, that shakes us up internally, Lord, that we can see you in the way that, God, you desire to be seen, Lord, and, and that, Lord, we would, we would step into the fullness that you have for our lives. And so, Lord, anoint me to preach, but, God, I also pray that you would anoint our, he- our ears to hear. Lord, we ask for not just anointed preaching, but anointed hearing, that, Lord, much like the woman with the issue of blood, how she pressed through the crowds to touch the hem of your garment, may we right now, now in our hearing press through whatever distractions may be to touch the hem of your garment, to touch heaven, to find, Lord, that heaven desires to touch us today. And so, Lord, we press in. We're not here on accident. God, do you want to speak to us? So help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Amen, amen. Thank you guys so much. Well, here's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Um, scripture constantly speaks over you and I, God's desire for you and I. And a lot of people who don't understand Scripture, don't understand the Lord, they, they look at the Bible and they think that the Bible is a big list of rules and regulations and all this stuff you better do. And if you don't do, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Come on, you with me? Like a lot of people feel that. Like this is just go do this stuff. Go do this stuff. But what I want you to understand is that the Bible is bigger than just a, a, a list of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. In the Bible, what you get is the heart of God for you and I. In the Bible, what you get is the promises of God for you and I. This is a book of promises. This is God saying, here's what I promise for you. Here's what I want for you. Here's what I desire for you. This is God revealing to you his heart. And you know what? Over and over again, what you find in the Bible, what God's heart for you and I is, God's heart is that you would be, listen, here's the word, full. Okay? God intends for you to be full. And you're all staring at me like you don't believe me this morning. Let me show it to you in Scripture, the fact that God wants you to be full to be full. Um, I have a few verses for you. I think I do, if they work. Here we go. Boom, there it is. We could drop the back, and there we go. And there it is. Okay, Here's, here it is in, in Ephesians chapter 3. I want you to take a lot of notes this morning because you're going to want to reference this stuff. So get out your pens, get out your notepad, notepads, ready? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19 says this. Um, Paul is praying for the church, and here's his prayer. He says, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be, say the word with me, filled. See, Paul, led by the Spirit of God, to pray for the people of God, says, here's my prayer for God's people, that they would be, help me, filled with all the fullness of God. So God has this fullness for you. And Paul's prayer is that the, for the people of God is that they be filled with the fullness of God, that they would, un, they would step into what God intends for them, and what God intended for them was a fullness, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Listen, Jesus in chapter uh, 10 of John, John 10, 10 says this. It says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Your enemy, what he wants to do is the opposite of what God wants to do. The enemy is the one who wants to rip you off, to rob you, to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what your enemy is out there seeking to do. He's not wanting to party with you on a highway to hell. Thank you, ACDC, right? That's not what, that's like not the enemy. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But watch this. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life. Oh, that would have been great just to stop right there. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to give us life. But he said, no, 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 you're not understanding. I, I, I need you, I need to paint the picture even, even, even more uh, in an articulate way so you understand what it is I desire to give you. He says, I have come that you might have life. Oh, but, but listen, not just life, have it to the, what's it say? Full, life to the full. It literally means, it literally means, listen, listen, listen. The enemy will cause you always to hit your head against a very low ceiling. Anything, other, anything else you go out there pursuing, if it is not God first and foremost, you hit your head on a low ceiling. Does that make sense? In other words, you think, I'm going to find life in this thing. No, that's not it. Maybe it's over here. Maybe, maybe if I had more money, it'll... No, low ceiling, low ceiling, low ceiling. And it feels like nothing is quite giving you the life that you know your heart is longing for. And that's what the enemy does. He suppresses you and keeps you in that place. It's called oppression. It's what, the, it's what the world does. It's what your heart will find if it's trying to find anything other than God. Okay, so you feel suppressed. And Jesus says, listen, I've come to move you past that very low ceiling you keep hitting your head against. I've come to give you life, and life literally through the roof. That's what he's saying there. Life through the very low ceiling you keep hitting your head against. Okay, I have come that you might be full. What I want to talk to you guys about this morning is the reality of the disconnect. Because, come on, let's be real. Like, you guys are like, yeah, preacher, amen. Come on, like, come on, amen, right? Like, yeah, God wants to be full. So you're like, yeah, and it's easy in church to be like, come on, yeah, we're singing the song. It's in the waiting, yeah, it's in the, you know, right? And then you walk out and you're like, waiting sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, let's get real. So we get in here today, and we're like, God wants you full. Yeah, God wants me full. Yeah, thank you, God. He wants me full. And you believe like, and what you end up doing when you're honest a lot of times is that there's a disconnect between what you know God has for you, okay, the, you, the life you believe God has for you, and then the life you're actually living, right? So, like, the, the fullness you know that God intends, but you find yourself, instead of connecting with words like fullness, you're connecting with words like emptiness, you're connecting maybe with other words like brokenness, restlessness. And so you're like, great preacher, God wants fullness in my life, but here's reality. There's brokenness, and relent, there's a restlessness. And it's not spiritual to admit that in church, everybody, so I'm just going to keep amening the pastor, putting a smile on my face, putting a mask on and pretending that everything is the way it ought to be when the reality is there's, there's something else going on inside my, my soul. But I want you to understand today, friends, it doesn't have to be that way. Like God literally intends for you to take a deep breath of fullness of him, all the fullness of God, and to live in that daily. Okay? So why the disconnect? What God is doing in scripture is trying to get you to reconnect or stay connected in the places where you disconnect, okay? And, and, and what, what, I, what I want to do is touch one of you, and I could hit, there's like five of them, you know, in scripture, but one that sets the foundation for all of them, that if you could learn to live here, okay, then you could stay connected in the way that God would have you, okay? You connect with what he wants for you, that, that fullness he has for you. And so here's the word I want you to learn today, okay? Here it is. It's awareness. Awareness. Okay? God, God is present with every single one of you all the time. God is with us. Amen? God is with us. Amen? God is with us. And the problem is in the fact that God, God is with us, because God is always with us. Listen to Psalm uh, chapter 16, verse 11. It says, you make known to me the paths of life, and in your presence, in your presence, there is what? 
fullness. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So this very thing we've been talking about, the very thing that God wants to give us, the very promise of God for us, he says, where is it found? In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So when there's a presence of God, there's a fullness of joy, okay, in your presence. Now, the problem isn't in the fact that God is at time present, and then other times he's not present. That's not the reality, because God is always present, right? Right? You with me? Well, let me show it to you in Scripture. You guys keep staring at me like you don't believe me. Now listen, watch. Watch what it says in Scripture. Psalm uh, 139 says, uh, where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I free from your presence? If I send to heaven, there you are. If I make my bed in Sheol, there you are. Even if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Everywhere the psalmist says, everywhere I go, there you are. Everywhere I go. I can't get away from your presence. You are with me everywhere. Your presence is there with me. But here's the issue. Here's what we miss. It's not, the problem is not in that not in whether or not God's with us. The problem is whether or not we're aware of the fact that God is with us. See, the issue is an issue of awareness. And when you lose awareness, you start slipping from the fullness that God intends for you. And so, see, you need to live, and I need to live, and what Scripture calls us, to, the way Scripture calls us to live is with this awareness. Listen to me, listen to me. As individuals, the awareness of his presence is actually vital to the work of God in your life. Listen to me, I'm going to say it again. The awareness, see, because God is always present, but it's the awareness of God's presence in your life, awareness of it, that is actually vital to the work that God is wanting to accomplish in your life. Are you aware of the fact that he is present with you? As a church, listen to me, as a church, the awareness of God's presence with you is vital to everything God wants to do in this church. God is with you, movement church. God has gone before you, movement church. He is, he is with his people. In scripture, therefore, because of the, how, of the fact that awareness is actually, actually vital, in Scripture, what God will call his children to over and over again is an awareness and a deeper awareness, a constant awareness of his presence. Watch this. Watch how you may have never seen this before, thought about it in this way, but it is constant. God calling his people to awareness of his presence. Moses and his call to lead to go to the, the Pharaoh. God says to him, watch, now watch, you can see all of the scripture, God constantly reminding his people of, of, his, of his awareness, uh, of, of his presence, for them to be aware of his presence. Listen to what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 through 12. Moses says to God, whom I should, that I should go to the Pharaoh. So God's given, given Moses this big job. He's got to go to the Pharaoh, which is super scary because the Pharaoh could have his head taken off. And he's got to go to the Pharaoh and say this wild thing like, hey, by the way, I was out in the desert and this bush started talking to me. And, and... Anyway, Pharaoh, the bush said to let God, well, God said through a bush. Anyway, details aren't important. Uh, you need to let, let God's people go. So he's about to go tell the Pharaoh that he's a little scared that the Pharaoh's going to freak out and take off his head. And, and here's what God says to him. Watch. But Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said to him, I will be what? With you. What is God doing? He's reminding Moses of his presence. He's putting an awareness into the soul of Moses. Okay, now, now, now watch. You move forward in Scripture, and Moses, now, Moses is sending Joshua and the children of Israel into the Promised Land. This is a big deal. Moses can't go into the Promised Land. Joshua's going to lead the charge. And what does Moses say to Joshua in order for him to walk in the fullness of all that God has for his life? What does Moses whisper into his soul? What does Moses understand that, that Joshua has to understand this if he's going to step into everything God has for the children of Israel to step into? Listen, listen, Joshua, listen. Here's what you need to understand. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes what? with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Listen, what Moses, Moses understood 
that in order to walk into everything that God intends for you to walk in, you had to walk in an awareness of God's presence with you. So God whispered into the heart of Moses. Now, Moses is now whispering it into the heart of Joshua as he's going into the promised land. Joshua, after the death of Moses, watch this, after the death of Moses, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, he says this, have I not commanded you? God is speaking to Joshua. So Joshua, Moses has died. Joshua is now going into the land. Josh, Moses is not there to whisper into the heart of Joshua. So God is whispering into the heart of Joshua. And God says, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, nor be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Does that sound familiar, Joshua? It's because it's the same thing Moses told you. Because it's the same thing God told Moses. Because it's what God wants reverberating in, in, in your soul over and over again is this awareness of God's presence with you. Gideon, chapter 6, verse 12. Gideon, God's calling him to step into um, greatness. Do we have that in Judges? Maybe we don't. Never mind. And God reminds Gideon that he's with him. Jeremiah had a huge call of God on his life at a young age. He's gripped with fear. In Jeremiah 1, 7 through 8, the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young, for you must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. This is a theme over and over and over again. Now watch, Jesus is getting ready to ascend to heaven. He gives his disciples the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? And as they're getting ready to go, and as they're moving through all this, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey the commandments I have given you. And then watch, 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 watch. And be sure of this, I am, what's it say? With you always, even till the end of the age. Jesus, listen, made an issue of it. He made an issue of the fact that he would be with his people because you guys listen an awareness that awareness is what they would need that awareness is what would lead them to fullness that that awareness is what would give them the the strength they needed that awareness is what would give them the peace they needed it would it's what would give them the boldness they needed and if they didn't have that awareness they'd be robbed of peace they'd be robbed of the boldness they'd be robbed of the strength that they would need to do everything God was calling them to do now listen to me listen to me listen to me that same thing God's spoken to the heart of Moses and he's spoken to Joshua and he's spoken to Gideon and he's spoken to the disciples and he's spoken, listen, it's the same thing that heaven is constantly speaking to his people today. Listen, I am with you. I am with you, declares the Lord. Though mother and father will forsake you, the Bible says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I am with you. Come on, movement church, says the Lord. Your God is with you today. Amen? Amen. Now watch. I want to give you three things that happen in your life. How to identify when you are living with an unawareness of God with you. This changes everything, okay? If you're today living in a place where you're not aware of the presence of God with you, here's what's going to happen in your life. So this is kind of like, like I'm going to put, you know, like the gauges of your car, and when, it, when, it, when, when a gauge is running too low or a gauge is going a certain direction, I need to put oil in my car. Oh, they, when those lights, like, come on in your car, don't, don't smash them out. Like, oh, that, you know, poke that out. You know, I don't need that. No, do something to fix your car, okay? So here's kind of like your dashboard, and let's, like, check your dashboard really quick, okay? Watch. If you are unaware, because some of you today are living with an unawareness of God's presence with you, and he wants you to be aware of his presence with you. So here's what happens if you are living that way. First thing is this. Write this down. I carry too much. I carry too much. If you're living with the unawareness of God's presence with you, you end up carrying too much. Because here's what happens. If God's not with me right now, and he's not helping me, and he's not carrying this, then I've got to carry it. I'm carrying too much. You end up thinking that it all depends on you. It all rests on you. So now watch. If, if God is not with me in this moment, 
And this is how some of you are thinking. Well, the outcome, it all rests on me. The provision all rests on me. The work all rests on me. The demands all rest on me. And now you, therefore, go trying to carry all of these things on your own because God's not with me. I've got to do it. And you end up, and some of you are in this place, you end up carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And sure, you can do it. You can do it for a small season. You can do it for a little spurt. But friends, what begins to happen is, is that weight begins to crush you. It begins to smother you. It begins to stress you out because you're doing something God never intended you to do. You're trying to carry it all on your own. You're trying to carry it all on your own because you think you are all on your own. And I'm here today to tell you, friends, you are not all on your own. God is with you. Amen? He's with you. Listen to me. Some of you, you're staring at me right now, and I know what's going on in your life. Listen, you've been trying to carry too much on your own. In the workplace and in the family and in that relationship, you're shouldering something that your little shoulders can't carry. You feel completely alone. So you're fighting for your marriage alone, you're fighting for your kids alone, you're fighting for your provision alone, you're fighting for your future alone, you're fighting for your dream alone, and it's crushing you. First Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. So take the things you've been carrying, the things, your cares, those weights, and he says, cast those on me because I care for you. In other words, don't even don't even carry your cares. Is it making sense? Don't even, the stuff you're like, oh, he says, don't, don't even carry that. Don't even carry your, cast your cares, the things that you're concerned and worried, cast your worries, anxieties, cast it all on me because I'm the one that cares for you. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to shoulder that stuff, not you. You're shouldering things that never asked you to shoulder. That, that, that word literally, uh, it's, it, it means to transfer the weight of something. So it's the same word that was used with the disciples. When the disciples in Luke 19, they cast their coats on the donkey that Jesus was to ride into town. And so instead of them carrying the garment, the donkey did. They transferred the weight. And here's what God says, listen to me, with your cares. God says, hey, let me shoulder that. Look at me, look at me. Let me carry that. You're not alone, so stop trying to act like you are alone. Stop trying to do it alone because you're not alone. God says, let me carry that. You know, one of the biggest misconceptions about who God is is people think that God, <laughs> that God wants something from people. People think that God, what he's out to do is just to get something from people. Like, God wants you to do something for him and a lot of people think that this is this is God's up in heaven he's just he wants a big army and you're going to do something you know what God's biggest motivation and drive in his heart is he just wants to do something for you God is initiator God is the doer God is the giver and he he says listen before you ever do something for me can I just do something for you can I carry the things you've been trying to carry can can i can i can i do this work for you listen to me matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says come unto me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest what's that sound like sound like god trying to put more burdens on you god trying to drive you into more of this and more of that no listen at the core of it here's what god's trying to do cast your cares on me for i care for you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God is inviting you to trust him, to let him carry things for you. See, listen, friends, church was never meant to be, because some of you are like already, you're arguing with me in your brain. You're like, well, I got to show God that I can do this. And I got to show God that I can do that. I'm going to go and prove to God that I can, right? And some of you, you're already arguing with me because you're going to, your worship unto the Lord is proving to God how big a boy you are, how big a girl you are, and how you can do this on your own. But do, can I just tell you something, friends? Listen to me. This whole thing is never meant to be about how big you are. 
It never, it never has been. And, and so many Christians go out today thinking that it is. Like, God, look at how great I am. Look at how big I am. God, look, I can do this on my own. God's like, God's like, that's not what this is about. It's never been about how great you are. It's all about, and it's always been about, and will always ever be about how great I am and how big I am. So stop trying to make it how, about how big and great you are. Why don't you just let it be about how big and great I am? And do you see what's happening when you're trying to carry the things that God's asked you to, to cast on him? When you're carrying too much, what you're saying to God is, God, back off. I got this. God, I can do this. God, watch me. And you know what's funny about that is God a lot of times goes, can we stop watching you? (laughs) Would you watch me? Would you just watch me? And and you're going, no, God, God, watch, watch me. Watch me. God, watch me carry this. God, watch me do this thing. God, watch me. And God's going, I think sometimes God goes, okay, let's watch you for a little season here. And let's just see how you do with that, okay? And some of you, are, you're in that season right now. Because you're going, God, watch me, watch me, watch me. God's going, okay, let's watch you. How's that working out for you? Can I just ask you right now, how's it working out for you? See, because when you're carrying it on your own, it ain't going to work out for you. And what God intends to do in that season of your life is get you to a place where you go, okay, God, let's stop watching me. Can we watch you? I'm going to cast my cares. I'm going to roll this onto you. God, I'm going to trust you. Friends, listen to me. If you live with an, with a, an awareness of God's presence with you, I'm telling you right now, here's, here's the first sign on your dashboard. You're, you came in here carrying too much today. Some of you right now, you're listening to me, and you are carrying too much. You know why you're carrying too much? Carrying too much is because there's an unawareness of God's presence with you. Stop trying to carry all of it on your own. It's never meant to be all about you. It's all about him. Here's the other thing. Not only do you carry too much, you write this down, next one, you attempt too little. You attempt too little. When you live with an unawareness of God's presence, this is why God always was sought to and is today, his heart is to make you aware of his presence, is when you live with an unawareness of his presence, you attempt too little. Now listen. I don't know what you're attempting in your life today, what you're aiming at or what you're working toward or what you're standing on the edge of today in in regards to your business, your talents, your abilities or what you want to see accomplished through your life, the the life that God has given you. But here's what I can tell you. I don't know what you might be dreaming, but I can tell you that if you're dreaming outside a context of God's awareness and his presence, of his presence with you, then you, you have yet to aim high enough. You've yet to dream big enough that you've, you've, you've yet to push it far enough. Because see, if you're dreaming outside of the context of God's presence with you, then what you're doing is you're dreaming within the context of what you can do instead of the context of what he can do. And so when you dream and when you plan and when you prepare and when you, when you, when you attempt in the, in the context of y- your own strength, what happens is now you limit yourself to the confines of your own strength and your own might and your own ability and your own, right? You follow me? Because I'm going to do this, watch me, and, and you're living without an awareness of God's presence. And so now when I go out to start this business, now when I go out to raise these kids, now when I go out to have a healthy, you, 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 you limit it to what only you can do. And God never intended the children, his kids, to live within the context of what only they could do. What God intended to do was to show off through his kids what he can do. Amen? And we get in the way when we live without an awareness of God's presence with us. Is this making sense? And so some of us are in here today trying to do this all within the context of who we are. But an awareness of God infuses this super into our natural. It's what makes our life and the way we live and the things that we get to do together, it's supernatural. Why? Because it's beyond our natural abilities to accomplish. Is this making sense? There's something just, there's an edge about it that's, that's beyond what we would naturally be able to do. And so God wants you to approach your life in the context of his presence, that he's with you. God wants you to pray. Listen to me. Let's make this very practical. God wants you to pray in the context of, of who he is. Does that make sense? Some of you are praying in the context of what you think you might be able to do. But when you go to God in, in prayer, they need to be the kinds of prayers that when God answers them, there's no other explanation, then God did it. 
And I'm telling you right now, if you are not praying the kinds of prayers that give God the glory that he's due, then you're not praying the kinds of prayers that God has called you to pray. Because God has called you to pray the kinds of prayers that only he can get credit for once they are accomplished. Does that make sense? So when you pray, you pray within the context of who he is. Scripture says in Ephesians, I don't have the scripture up, up on the screen. I'm just going to give it to you because it fits right here. In, in, in Ephesians, he says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask or think or imagine. Okay? According to the power which is at work where? Does anyone know what it says? In you. Listen to what scripture is doing. He's going, God is able to accomplish more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. So, like, you, the moment you come up with a dream for your life, and you go, God, here's my big dream. God goes, I'm able to do more than what you're dreaming with your life. I'm able to do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. So when you go, God, look, here's my dream. Here's the thing I'm praying for. God's always, always, always going, always going. That's cute. I've got more. See? Because he's able to do above what I just asked, above what I just thought. I was thinking with all of my creativity, God, we could do this. And God goes, that's cute, because I could do above this. You see, always, always, always. When you live without an awareness of God's presence with you, friends, you are attempting too little because you're attempting what only you could accomplish. You're praying for what only you could see happen or could possibly happen in the natural. Friends, listen, you need to pray with an awareness of his presence. You need to dream with an awareness of his presence because awareness of his presence changes everything. When you live unaware, friends, it robs you of dreaming the way that God has called you to dream. Here's the last one I want to give you. When you live without an awareness of his presence, um, you're going to quit too soon. You're going to quit too soon. Psalm chapter 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. goes on to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Watch, even though I walk, say the word with me, the next word, even though I walk through, even though I walk what? Through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil evil. How is he able to walk through? For you are, say it with me, with me, say it, with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If you are living today without a awareness of God's presence with you, I'll tell you right now, you're going to quit too soon. David is walking through what he called the valley of the shadow of death. He's facing the worst that life could possibly throw at you. He's facing the, the worst that this world can ever dish out to you. And yet he declares that even there, he will not fear. Why? Because he is living with an awareness of God's presence with him. Even there, he's not going to fear. Why? Because you are with me. And that withness of God, that presence of God changed everything for David. It gave David, listen to me, an even though faith. And here's what I want to challenge you guys on as we begin to land. Is that you would live with an even though faith. An awareness of God's presence will give you an even though faith. David had it. It sounds like this. Even though my circumstances changed, my Savior is not. Even though my circumstances changed. Some of you come in here, your, your, your circumstance has changed. Your, your life has been mixed up. Your, things aren't going. Listen, you're not where you thought you would be at this place in your life. Things aren't going the way you thought they would be going at this stage in your life. Things aren't, aren't connecting the way you thought they would connect. So maybe some of you were headed down a path and all of a sudden it made a really hard left-hand turn and you didn't expect to end up on, on, on you know, this, this new road in, in your life. And how the heck did I get here? My circumstance has changed. But see, listen, David, that happened to David. David was following a shepherd one day, and we're going out to green pastures, and what the heck am I doing in a valley of a shadow of death? Where did, I didn't see this on the map, right? But what does David say? Yea, though I walk through it. I'm not going to die in it. 
God is going to lead me through it. David, how are you so, how are you so confident that you're going to get through this? How can we be so confident today that we're going to get through it? Because David says, well, listen, even though my circumstances change, even though I find myself in a place I didn't intend to find myself in or, or plan to find myself in, even though things are going on around me that I don't understand, here's what I do understand in the midst of things I don't understand is that the one who has always been with me is still with me. He won't leave me and he won't forsake me. So even though my circumstances changed, my Savior he has not changed. And he's, he's still with me. And the mere fact that he's with me, I know that he's, he's working on my behalf to accomplish his purposes. And what the enemy is going to try and, and do in me in this season is to take my eyes off the fact that he's with me. You know, I love the song because even as you go through it, David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So like, even in the middle of all the chaos and all the people, you know, blogging about him and this and that and you know, saying all these evil things, David's just like, in the middle of all of that, I'm just going to enjoy my time with God and, and have this, this meal with God in the midst of all of it. Even in the midst of all of it, I just take my eyes off all of it and keep them on Jesus in the midst of all of it. And Man, they, my, even in the middle of all that, my cup's going to overflow and I'm going to find joy even when I find myself in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. Because he's with me, he's with me, he's with me. He says this awareness. You guys, listen, awareness gives you an even though my circumstances changed, my Savior is not attitude. You need to hold his character closest to your eyes in the middle of your storms. And remind yourself that he's leading you, and he's caring for you, and he's guiding you even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of battle, even in the midst of the moments where you're battling depression or when you're mourning the loss of a loved one. Can I, can I tell you something? Listen to me. Listen, listen. People ask all the time, where was God when? Where was God when? Where was God when this happened? Where was God when that happened? Where was God when? Where was God when? Where was God when? This broken world lashed out at me. Where was God when? Can I tell you? He was there, just as he is now. He was there longing to strengthen you, longing to hold you, longing to lead you, longing to carry you, longing to grow you by it. He was there in the midst of it. Where is he now? He's here, wanting to lead you, to grow you, to care for you, even in the midst of it, you need to be aware of the fact that he's with you. He's longing to anchor you in something beyond you today. David had an even though mentality because of the awareness of God's presence. He had an even though I'm in this, I'm going to get through this. See, when you're aware of God's presence, you have an even though mentality and you end with this. Even though I'm in this, I'm going to get through this. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's the promise. You're going to get through. You may look now and say, oh, I'm never going to laugh again or I'm never going to enjoy again. I'm, I'm stuck in a valley and I'm never going to see the sunshine again. But Christian, God's promise to you is to see you through it. To see you through it. He will see you through it. Over and over and over and over again. Your job, here's your job, ready? Your job is just to constantly live with the awareness of God's presence with you. To not let that slip from your heart, to not let that slip from your mind. How many times do you think when, when Joshua was out conquering the promised land that he just started to doubt God's presence with him? God, why am I walking around these walls again? How many, this is a stupid plan. What in the, God, where, I, 
Doesn't mean, just keep going, keep going. I'm with you, I'm with you, keep going, keep going. I'm with you, I'm with you. And if they, as long as they live with that awareness, and as long as they kept going with that way, listen, every place they put the sole of their foot, God gave them that land because they lived with an awareness of God's presence. Listen to me, Christian. Everywhere you put your foot, God will give you that land. When you walk in with an awareness of God's presence with you. Isaiah 43, chapter 3, chapter 2 says this. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be, say it with me, with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Because I'm with you, God says. Psalm 16, verse 8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Psalm 4610. Let's be close. This is what I want to ask you to do right now. Be still and know that I am God. God is always calling his people back to this. Listen, always calling his people back to this. Be still and know that I am God. You're out there going, I gotta do that, I gotta do that. Be still and know that I am God. The word be still literally means this. It means to drop what you're doing. Drop what you're holding on to. Drop what you're trying to, drop, drop. It means whatever you've been trying to hold on to, he says you drop that, be still. It means let your hands go, be still. And what do you do when you're still? You take a big deep breath. <sighs> he's God. And if he's God, what does that mean? You're not. He's God, what does that mean? He's in control, not me. He's got this, not me. Even when I don't understand it, he does. Even when I don't get it, he does. Even when I don't have the strength, he does. Even when I don't have the, 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 the power, when I don't have the, the stamina, he does, he does, he does, because this isn't about me. Be still. My job is to be still and know that he is God. A constant awareness of his presence with me. Now, friends, I don't know where you find yourself today, but I do know what God is whispering in your heart today. I do know what scripture over and over again is, is screaming. It's, I know what the spirit of God is trying to whisper to you today. Listen to me. I am with you, says the Lord. Would you live with that awareness of his presence in your life today? In Jesus' name, come on somebody. Amen and amen and amen. Would you pray with me this morning? God, Help us to be a people who never lose sight of the fact that, God, you're with us. The one who makes us more than conquerors, the one who always goes before us, the one who's always providing for us, the one who's always leading, the one who's always guiding. God, help us to never take our eyes off the fact that you're with us. And some of us today, Lord, we admit we've been trying to carry too much God, I pray you'd speak to the hearts of those who've been trying to carry too much. And Lord, that today they would stop, they'd be still and know that you are God. But right now they would choose to stop trying on their own and let you be God. God, there's others in here today that not only they've been carrying too much, there's others right now, they realize the fact that they've been attempting too little and God, I pray that you'd help them to dream bigger dreams, that God, you'd help them to trust you for even more. To see beyond what, what, Lord, they could see with their own eyes, Lord, to see what it is you see with your eyes, understanding that your vision's bigger than their vision. God, help them tap into your vision for your life and their ministry and their business. And their, God, help them to tap into your heart. You guys, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I need to ask today, there are some of you who came in here and you have never, You've never turned your eyes to the Lord. You're the one who has, in the beginning of this time together, I was talking about you, you keep hitting your head against a very low ceiling. You keep trying one thing after another thing, and it keeps, it keeps coming up empty. It keeps leaving you empty. It, it keeps you suppressed and oppressed, and you're, you're trying to find life today. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that you could only find life today in Christ. Jesus said, I give life and life more abundantly. The abundant life you are longing for is in Christ. And friends, some of you are longing for that today. 
Jesus is offering you that today. The Bible says what we are called to do, the job we play in all of this, is that we turn to him. See, every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That sin separates us from God. It's a, it's a separation that will last for all eternity if it's not dealt with on this side of eternity. Jesus Christ came to pay the price for our sin so that we can be, beautiful word, forgiven from our sin. Some of you need that forgiveness today so that you can step into life today. The way you receive that forgiveness today is to turn from your way and to put your faith in him to turn from your path and to surrender to him today, to stop running toward this rebellion and this, this life that you want to do on your own. And you say, God, I want to surrender my life to you today. I'm going to stop trying to do this on my own, God. I'm going to surrender to you today. And some of you need to do that. So listen, if you today need to surrender your life to the Lord you want to know that when you die, you go to heaven. You want your sins forgiven. You want to say to God today that, Lord, I'm done trying to do this on my own. I want to, I want to, I want to surrender everything to you. I'm going to follow after you. God, I'm going to live with an awareness of your presence in my life, and I'm going to stay surrendered to you and your presence in my life. And, and so some of you need to come to the Lord for the very first time. Others of you, you need to come back to the Lord because you've been out way too long trying to do this on your own. And you need to come back today. Listen, I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer of surrendering. For some of you, once again, for some of you, the very first time, surrender your life to the Lord. Prayer is simply talking to God. Let me give you the words. And as I give them to you, you just repeat these to the Lord. You say, God, thank you that you love me right where I am, but that you don't want to leave me where I am. You've got more for me. So today, I want to surrender my life to you. I thank you for going to the cross on my behalf and giving your life in my place. Thank you for rising from the grave to, to lead me in life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.